1: wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we
2: touch him? No,
1: don't. Help me. Help. Help.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Coach Hogg here in Coach Hogg's locker room in the Piney Woods of North Central Florida in Mellon Law Studio. The only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Gators full-service law firm, Protected twenty four seven three sixty five 365 by crime prevention. You know, some of you are just becoming familiar with perhaps Ward Scott Files. Every Monday I do at the beginning of the show, Coach Hogg's Locker Room, having been involved in sports, having been a coach, having been an umpire, all those kind of things. And more importantly than just making it sports, I really believe that, and a lot of people do besides me, that sports are a microcosm of the society we live in in so many ways. And I think when I do the stories today, you know, I don't cover them all, but I cover some of the representative stuff that's going on. You'll see that we certainly are a materialistic society. And I think there's no greater spotlight shining on that than in college football. Um, Anthony Richardson, a lot of fans here, of course, know of Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson went to Eastside, where he had a noticeable career of greatness, enough that the Gators
1: recruited him. And he came here, and he had kind of a sketchy career at Florida, and that he had
2: some moments where he was just brilliant. And some moments where he was less than what was expected of him. But he had enough ability during the great moments that were far and above the average great moments, let's say, of the average great college football player, that he early on drew the attention of the pros. Once he went to the pro combine, where you run, jump, throw, somersault, the whole athletic
1: gamut He really shot or shone. He could run faster. He could throw farther. All the above. And he was taken
2: in the first round. I believe the third pick, maybe the second pick. And then became, of course, an instant millionaire
1: multi millionaire. I think his contract was something like nineteen twenty million to start out with. Well, the Colts started him yesterday in their preseason game in Orchard Park, New York. The first pass that Anthony Richardson threw was intercepted. Well, the third pass attempt, let's be a little more technical. The third pass attempt
2: was intercepted. Blamed on a miscommunication between Anthony Richardson and Isaiah McKenzie.
1: And the Buffalo Bill quarterback, Dane Jackson, intercepted it. And by the way, the Buffalo Bill player, Hamlin, who, was, who died on the field, is back in the game. Bravo. But Coach Shane Steichen said he thought that
2: Anthony Richardson, despite the interception and the rookie beginning,
1: had great poise, took the blame for the interception, and said that he had numerous obstacles as a rookie,
2: poor field position, penalties, a 28-yard missed field goal. And a would-be 34-yard touchdown pass that was ultimately dropped. But he had 7 or 12 passes for 67 yards. Now, teammates are supportive of Richardson, and they are confident he will find a way to manage the professional team. So that is my opening story. Kind of a shaky start, but nevertheless a start, and remains to be seen how he does, whether he'll even be picked as the starting quarterback, because there's a Gardner Minshew who is also technically
1: in a battle for the starting position with Anthony Richardson. Now, Anthony Richardson, right now, As a replacement on the Florida football team, Graham Mertz apparently is going to be picked as the starting quarterback for the 2023 Florida football season. He was a Big Ten starter who did, of course, the transfer portal. He started 32 games. In three seasons
2: at Wisconsin, he passed for 5,405 yards, had 38 TDs to 26 interceptions. Now, there was a redshirt Jack Miller and a true sophomore Max Brown competing with him for the job. But Mertz, who enrolled at Florida in January, he led all the passers in the UF Spring game. Completing 18 of 29 for 244 yards, one TD. So
1: he is apparently heir impar- apparent. And we'll see how they go. No one really knows anymore what a college football team really is. Because as so many people know, money has finally brought out and open what many people say was going all on along, all along, and that is big-time money dictated college programs. Well, according to Jason Gay, who writes for The Wall Street Journal, Nowhere is this more evident than in the PAC 12 conference because University of Washington, University of Oregon, PAC 12 schools
2: that he calls eloped with the Big Ten uh, are now going to be
1: swelling the members of the big 10 to 18 schools, including, are you ready for this? University of Southern California and UCLA. The big 12 will swell to 16 and the Southeastern Conference has added Texas and Oklahoma. But meanwhile, the Pac-10 only has four teams left. Can you believe it? Now, no one knows what this disaster is going to mean for the Pac-12. But, What is the cause of this? You guessed it, television. One after another, according to Jason Gay, schools have fallen into bed, that is of course
2: a metaphor, with billion dollar network arrangements,
1: paying head coaches eight figures, Paying, making millionaires of the assistance and rearranging, of course, this whole time, the so called scholastic priorities. All of this is in order to gain the financial return of the television programmers. But as Jason Gay writes, don't blame television. Who watches television? Well, look at yourself. And right now, more and more people of my age have given up their season tickets to the Gators and are going to stay home in comfort and watch on, you guessed it, Television. Television. Why not? Parking is difficult. The stadium's not compliant with railings for the older people. The rah-rah has been redefined because now you have players who are not really loyal to Florida, are they? They're loyal to the Albany dollar and their careers. So, this fall is going to be, as Jason Yeh writes, full of chaos. Stanford and California have been left behind in this league swap. Apparently, they haven't gotten picked up. There's no telling what this will do to the other sports, softball, tennis all the other sports, because it's being driven by football and television. And football,
2: according to Jason Gay, has become musical chairs.
1: Entire institutions, he says, are throwing out the window, wiping out hundred-year-old-plus conferences, sometimes almost overnight. Or the almighty dollar. Well, the almighty inflation dollar. And Jason Gay predicts that what's coming next is the athletes will be organizing their labor and setting up collective bargaining units, just like the pros have, because they are now basically pros. No one knows where college football is going to go from here. It's certainly going to have the haves. But what about the have-nots? Does anybody care? Well, should they just adopt the philosophy, let us put together some kind of alliance and Go shopping the way the players are. Now, to be sure, there will probably still be, in the parking lots, the giant tailgates, the alma mater singing. Of course, at Florida, won't back down by Tom Petty at the end of the third quarter which when LSU comes, their band tries to drown out rudely. So college football, hang on, is in for a wild, wild ride. The other thing that is interesting as a culture is the influence of, shall we call it, artificial intelligence. Some of it I really like. I'm watching more baseball now than I've ever watched because on television they have the little box that shows whether it was a ball or a strike.
2: And I've taken to keeping tabs on how close the Umpires behind the plate are to what that little box shows, and by golly, they're pretty good.
1: And they've sped up the game and this, that, one, and another. Now, in tennis, we've got the U.S. Open coming up, which is arguably the biggest tennis tournament in the world. We've always relied upon the chair umpires. But creeping into the chair umpires is the video review. Now, the video review has all but eliminated the temper tantrums of a John McEnroe, who many argue had better eyesight than anybody else out there, and actually was most of the time right about bad calls being going against him. But at Flushing Meadows this year, Video Review is going to make its Grand Slam Tennis debut. And there are going to be situations where electronic line calling is going to also be set up to confirm double bounces. And there are going to be studies done at the U.S. Open. They're going to study 50% of the singles matches
2: to decide whether to expand the system in 2024. So this year, players in singles, doubles, and mixed doubles will get three challenges, as according to Associated Press, three challenges per set for things such as double bounces, a ball touching a player's body, a player
1: touching the net, or a player, get this, being hindered by noise. So if they're correct, they'll hold on to their challenge. And if they're incorrect,
2: um, they'll lose it. And they'll receive one additional
1: challenge in tiebreakers. So Jessie Pagula, whom I'm going to talk about in a moment, was involved
2: in a high profile missed call on a double bounce that helped her
1: opponent, Iga Swiatek at the French Open, whom Pagula beat in the Canadian Open just a couple of days ago. So, video review has already been tested at the low profile
2: men's events, such as the ATP Cup, uh, things of that. hasn't been tried, though, at a women's tournament. But Chris Eubanks, who was just beaten, by the way, in the Cincinnati Open, Western and Financial
1: Open, by our own Ben Shelton, in three sets. 4-6, 7-5, 6-4. As I recall. Keep your eye on Ben Shelton. He's going to be playing uh, the Greek player tomorrow, I believe. Who is ranked in the top 10. Big, big match. So, Chris Eubanks thinks
2: that the video review is a step in the right direction. He also commentates for Tenor Channel. And This is being formally written into the rules. If a player does something, that could result in a default, such as when Novak Djokovic inadvertently hit a line judge with a ball at the 2020 U.S. Open. The video can help determine whether this disqualification of Novak Djokovic was warranted. Um, So the players are all for this. They like the fact that this speeds up the game.
1: It uh, takes some of the guesswork out of it. And it's uh, clear that umpires
2: make mistakes, but this will be an augmentation, if you will, for a game which is being played increasingly by phenomenal athletes. Phenomenal athletes. Men over six feet some 6'6, six, 6'7, six, six, hitting their ground strokes 100 miles an hour faster than the major league pitchers pitch their balls. Um, hitting their serve like Shelton will do at
1: 140, 145 miles an hour. Can you imagine? I mean, that's what you're looking at. Now, Pagula,
2: whose father owns the Buffalo Bills, as I recall, um, had a great trip through the Canadian tournament and is the first American since Serena Williams to beat uh, um, um, the big top players the way she did. Her doubles partner is Coco Golf, who is a very talented young lady who she had to beat Coco in order to get into the finals. So Western and Southern Open, um, that's the one I just referred to. Ben Shelton beat the Wimbledon quarterfinalist Christopher Eubanks, who went to Georgia Tech. It was 6 4 6-4, 6-4. Had the scores a little bit off. So the uh, whole future of the Masters uh, 1000 Tournament's future in Cincinnati is uncertain because a billionaire has bought it and wants to move it to Charlotte, North Carolina. Or he's going to build a complex of 40 courts. Uh, Wow. And television, the television channel, I mean, the tennis channel has become the place where you go see tennis. It's a really good idea. The NFL has a channel. Uh, I watched yesterday
1: uh, women's basketball. Very, very exciting competitive match. So the point is, we are watching more and more sports and have
2: more and more choices simultaneously on the screen. who to thunk it?
1: Well, I want to go over here uh, to a couple of local issues and
2: talk a little bit about one of them before our break and then talk about the other one after our break for the weather, and at the weather break, I'm going to share with you a video
1: of Lahania, which was sent to me by my friend who lives in Maui. It's a little
2: bit long, five minutes maybe, but very gripping. You will see on the video the incredible damage done by the fire. I haven't seen images like this. I hate to say this, but the only place I've seen images like this were in Hiroshima or Nagasaki, when the atomic bomb just evaporated the town.
1: On this video, we're going to show, along with the weather, eerily similar, eerily similar.
2: Now, some parts of the town, were spared. You'll see at the beginning of the video some places, but they don't have any of the power, any of the uh, communication systems, and other parts of the town, of course, totally, totally devastated. Um, I was sent by one of the members of the
1: research team a piece of documentation showing me in great detail
2: what the salaries were for the eliminated jobs at the city of Gainesville, which purportedly are being eliminated because their cash cow GRU has been taken away from them by the governor, the evil governor. Well, I'm not going to go through all of them. There is a long, long list of either not filled or not going to be filled jobs that have salaries that make you wonder. I'm just going to go through a few of them before the weather break. They are eliminating a transportation administrative
1: service director. Now, I assume that's RTS. I know people who were on the RTS advisory committee. I've shared this with you before. Who repeatedly, unanimously on that committee, recommended that the name on the RTS building be changed and that Corrine Brown's name be taken down. Do you think they were listened to? Why would you serve?
2: on a transportation advisory committee to a city
1: commission if they wang gave you the rest and never listened to you. And you repeatedly, not once, I think it was three times, over a series of meetings that took place, you know, at months' intervals, told the city Commissioners, take down Corrine Brown's name. It's still there. And the Transportation Administrative Service Director was going to be paid $197,823. If that doesn't boil blood, I don't know what will. The Sustainable Development Economic Opportunity and Special Projects Director, a mouthful, $178,633 coming out of the general fund. Where did the general fund get the money? From GRU's. A police assistant. After the weather, I'm going to get into the police issue a little bit more. The police assistant, which is not Phil. This is a city that doesn't have a canine unit. That's what wants to defund the cops. The assistant police chief was going to be paid $165,059. Somebody called the Sustainable Development Planner was going to be paid $158,027. Somebody called the Planning and Development administration assistant was going to be paid $129,958. A juvenile justice and community administrative director $122,682. And a
2: management consultant, city coordinator, I don't know what the heck that is, $122,491.
1: I got to quit there. It goes on. There's even a talent, get this, a talent acquisition manager. See if I can figure that out. As somebody who
2: manages the acquisition of talent, God knows what kind of talent.
1: One hundred, two thousand, eight hundred, ninety-three dollars. Are you serious? You cannot be serious in the words of John McEnroe. Cannot be serious. And that is by no means, by no means the entire list. We'll be right back with the weather and then we'll take you on a video tour of the burnt out section of Maui, Lueni. Just so we can share it with you. It was
2: sent to me by my friend who lives in Maui. Be right back on the Ward Scott Fox.
0: on demand and in crisis, as a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers.
2: Attention, all Gator fans! Melden Law is giving away a chance to experience the Florida Georgia game like never before: two nights stay at the Hilton on the River, dinner at Ruth Chris Steakhouse, two premium tickets to the game, and. Football signed by Coach Billy Napier and much more. Go to the Melden Law Facebook page and look for the VIP experience for two. Good luck and go Gators! This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. Award Scott Files Gold Sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On-the-Spot Dry Cleaners, r Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com Is one of the most insanely
0: idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Ward, that very much surprises me that you've never been tased.
2: You can't handle the truth! All
0: these poop. A warthog. He's gonna come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and
1: he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi,
2: boy. Can we touch him? No, don't.
1: Help me. Help. Help. Welcome back to Ward Scott. The Ward Scott Files
2: with Ward's Weather. Brought to you by Chevron. Lewis Oil, great organization. Fossil fuel, you got to have it. Well, of course, you know the story. I'm told we did set a record yesterday. 99, really? I know it's hot. Right now, according to our computers here, it's 81, and it's going to 96. But it's supposed to break off and get down in the upper 80s, In a couple of days. That is what I am hearing. Believe it or not. And I'm sure people will feel a lot of relief at that who are working outdoors. Well, as I said before we went on the break, I have a friend who lives in Maui, about an hour away from Willaney. I think I'm saying that town right. I'm not, I apologize. Um, And his home has become a kind of refuge or people who have had to flee the burnt-out city. And he sent me yesterday a video that I want to share with you. Now, it's a little bit, takes more than just 30 seconds. So it's several minutes because the videographer takes you around the town on a tour, and you see the entire burnt-out town. So
1: it's gripping. It's sad. It's a reminder of some of the worst
2: destructions of cities I've seen in pictures. I've never seen
1: or been around a city destroyed like this one. So I hope that you uh, you, you get a appreciation for it. I want to share it since he sent it to me.
2: And since he's so important a cog in so many people's lives there. Let's run that production and uh, see how it goes.
0: August 10th at about 6:30 in the morning. Just going to take a quick video from uh, one end to the other. This is starting at Jodo Mission by Baby Beach, which is gone, and I'll head down Front Street. Hi Polly, everything's gone, the, the gone. Chaos begins where cars were all backed up. I had heard that people were jumping into the ocean over here to stay away from everything, try to get away from the flames. My mom's I think she might have burned down in the fire. Oh. Looking up toward the highway there. Continuing down Front Street. Maybe. And take a trip through here. So this would be. Movie theaters, the bank, looks like the theaters are still there. Foodland, food gone. Had to get back out to Front Street here, that was a huge puddle I didn't, nasty water I didn't want to go through. For the noise, don't have a mic or any of the stuff. Everything was packed up in the car for the to get out for the evacuation. So, doing it old school here without trying to walk through the rubble here to get back out on the front street. taking a nail through the slipper Okay. back out on the front street so this would have been Bubba Gump's right here the trees that were inside Bubba Gump's up front street toward the north Continuing on down. Historic crunk Street. Gone. Baldwin House. Looking back to has a Where was going? Dole Whip. I'm gonna go up
2: that way and go check my friend's house.
0: Okay. I'm gonna go. All, I'm gonna go all the way down the front street and come back. There's the library, Baldwin Park. The house behind is where my buddy Alfie lived. Gone. Sorry, I got turned around and went one street too early. I was looking, looking through the camera too much. This would have been Captain Jack's down the hatch. Banyan tree is burnt to a crisp, down toward the harbor here. Pioneer Inn, gone. new pier, burnt. King's of Miami School. Fish Company, Cool Cats, Haleakava, Kava Bar, this is Prison Street here. Prison Street, Prison Street Pizza, looking toward the prison. All gone.
2: Morning. All right, we're back live here with the Ward Scott Files. I wanted to give you a flavor of that. It's pretty damaging, very depressing. Sent to me by my a friend there in Maui who lives... Um, about an hour away from this town who has um, sent this uh, very well connected with people there putting many of them up who are uh, homeless now of course in a real sense of the word through no fault of their own makes you really thankful for small mercies really I got a story here about Gainesville I want to pick up where I left off with 505 Front Street. Now the salaries, the bloated salaries of the city of Gainesville, and this is a curious story that I'm going to probably take a few more installments to look a a little more closely. Many of you, of course, know or I've heard the name, Tony Jones. Inside. Tony Jones is one of those guys who has found a way to be promoted over the years in police work
0: of the the shores, of these houses
2: made until it. he finally became the police chief.
0: The the
2: and then for mysterious reasons really, was moved out of the position as police chief over to the city of Gainesville for an even more mysterious position overseeing juvenile justice and community support programs. And I think we just ran across the salary for that position. Let me go back and double check that. Close to 200, Uh, let me see what that was. Now, this was in addition
0: like 419 to front Street, all the other
2: money he's made off government jobs.
0: On the side.
2: Yeah, that position was $122,682. Nobody really figured could figure out what South actually was going on there. Right out in front of Shark Pit. Meanwhile, Gone. young guys kept shooting each other in ever-increasing numbers, with ever-increasing chaos. It's like there was a disconnect, the way there is between the Regional Transportation Advisory Committee and the city who won't remove Corrine Brown's name, there seems to be a disconnect between these positions and what they're supposed to be affecting. And Ray wanted to know here in the chat line if the city eliminated any diversity, equity, and inclusion czars. And the answer is they're all diversity, equity, and inclusion czars, or they wouldn't be in those positions. It's one of the criterion for being picked. Never mind whether you get anything done or not. So, in January of 2022, for mysterious reasons, the city appointed Lonnie Scott to be the chief of police. Oh. Reichert House is involved in this. Other things that are supposedly getting at the issue. And there's a big announcement by Tony Jones that he plans to retire like two, seven, from the city of Gainesville front street. effective October 1st. Well, the cynics say he's retired anyway. How can you retire from something you've been retired from? And people who tracked Tony Jones long ago gave up on trying to figure out what he does, and for whom he works. Now, our research assistants, still getting audio from the fire video,
1: that I apologize for that, Ray. Apologize, but I, I don't control that. Thanks for letting me know. I'm gonna have to back up here a little bit. Ray, could you hear what I was saying about Tony Jones? Give me a ch- check on that. I'm not sure that they did. I may have to repeat it. <laughs> Okay. Okay, so you heard that about Tony Jones, I'm seeing from Ray Stern and John Doles. Well, now, the research team supplied me Friday, late Friday, with the most amazing document. Now, Tony Jones announced that he was going to retire from the city of Gainesville, effective October 1st. And he only announced that a couple of days ago. This document I have here before me was signed on the 23rd of June 2023. It is an oath of loyalty to be an investigator For the state attorney's office, Eighth Judicial Brian Crane. Can you understand that, or do I need to repeat it? This oath of loyalty, which has not appeared anywhere else this is the first you've heard of it on the Ward Scott Files, was signed the 23rd of June. There are so many things that are strange about this. Kramer has an increasing reputation for being soft on crime and being basically a rhino, a liberal in a Republican shirt. As evidenced by that, look at the gang shootings, the proliferation of them, the gun summits, which will mean nothing but rhetoric. And the Republican state attorney hires a Democrat, former whatever, a guy who has made a profession out of getting over on bureaucracies. do a job as an investigator, and it's not even announced that I can find anywhere. It's not even known that I can find anyone. What is the point? This document is signed by Brian Kramer. It says, this is to certify
2: that pursuant to Article 5, Section 17, Constitution of the State of Florida, I do hereby appoint Tony Jones as an investigator for the 8th Judicial Circuit of Florida effective the 23rd day of June. He's double dipping if I read that right.
1: He doesn't retire from Gainesville until October 1st. He's employed by Kramer June 23rd. Do you get the point? Do you just begin to get the point? I'm going to bring this up again where I can get into it a little more deeply. I'm going to pick right up at that spot. You think about that. You think about that. Transparency? That's just one odd thing about it. There's a lot more odd things. Got one more video I quickly want to show you.
2: Everybody wonders why Hunter Biden is such a pervert. Well, take a look at Uncle Joe. He's being interviewed by a meteorologist named Stacy Abrams, who's a graduate of the University of Florida, who has a nice figure. I believe it's 20, 37, 25,
1: 36, something like that. An attractive woman. Uncle Joe cannot contain himself. Cannot contain himself. Let's run that real quickly, and when you finish with it, please turn off the sound, and I'll end up with a comment. Okay. We joined the Paris Climate Accord. We passed a
2: 368 billion dollar climate control facility. We're, we're, we're moving. It's the, it is the existential threat to humanity. So you've already declared that national emergency. Well, in the practice, you have a bug on. Oh, thanks. Appreciate.
0: See so that national emergency. Practically
2: speaking, yeah. yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Are. There you are. That is a pervert. There. You don't do that. You, you simply don't do that. Uh, maybe I. I'm, I'm, maybe they missed it.
2: Let's, Zach. Let's run it one more quick time, and then we'll come back. That's
1: it's dumbfounding. Can you do it? If you got it queued up or not? Paris Climate Accord we passed a $368 billion climate control facility. We're, we're, we're
2: moving. It the, is the existential threat to humanity. So you've already declared that national emergency. Well, in the practice, you have a bug on it. Oh, thanks.
1: Appreciate it. See so that national emergency.
2: Practically speaking, yes.
1: Yeah. Can you believe it, my friends? Can you believe it? That is Uncle Joe is the father
2: of Hunter Biden. Huh? What's that saying? The apple doesn't fall far from the tree? Oh, golly. He saved her by swatting a great poisonous sawhill savant fly. Come on. Wardell Command Center out.